Hi everyone and welcome to episode 253 of the Mighty Whites podcast. I'm Jack, as always joined by KC. Ballot. That was a great fucking game, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, end-to-end. Leeds thoroughly entertaining throughout. Uh, and I did not get really annoyed with Glenn Kamara whatsoever. No. Uh, and likewise, uh, I, I think mine was slightly more justified because I was really losing my head with Joe Loden at oh. times because some of his some of his passing was absolutely awful in that first half. Now that I can be a bit more dispassionate, we'll talk about the negative bit now, actually, and then talk about how fun it got. I actually think, having watched a bit back, Leicester were very clever in their pressing and just kind of forced us to give it to Joe Roden and always had a man there to press him immediately. Yeah, they, I think they did a really good job isolating him, didn't, didn't they? And, and obviously, we I think we had the switch because it was, it was typically... Ampadu was at the edge of the six-yard box for the goal kick, and it would kind of go either Ampadu, Melier to Roden, or Melier, Ampadu, Roden. Either way, Roden was typically sort of wide-ish right, would get cut off, and would give the ball away. Yeah, I was... But the... um, Yeah, I think we have to give... We'll do the being nice bit about it. Leicester are by far the best team that's come to Ellen Road this season. They played pretty damn well. And it wasn't enough. (laughs) (laughs) Unlucky. Um, For like 10 minutes, we were pretty good. Like we, Blizzard, neither team were having massive chances, but we had had one where uh, it was actually, I think it started with a good ball up the right from Roden, actually, uh, into uh, Nonto, like flicked it around the corner. Gray got in, he played it into Nonto, and he squared it again for Joe Peru who absolutely butchered a shot with his right foot, just skied it miles over. One, I've no problem with him hitting it, even though Somerville was actually in a really good position if he played one more pass. He's a goal scorer, he's going to hit it. The problem was it was just a really bad shot. Uh, yeah, he did, uh, twice the, twice Piru was the man you kind of wanted the ball to fall to and, uh, and he didn't execute. Um which is a little bit frustrating, then sort of even more so as, as the game wore on. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, the first one that he just gets under it, doesn't he, and curls it high and wide and altogether, was... <laughs> <laughs> say, altogether, altogether a very unthreatening effort. Yeah. Um, and I've, I can't actually remember, was, it, was his header before we went 1-0 down or after? I think it was after, wasn't it? But either way, I brought it already. There was a cross to Peru, and this was a much harder chance than the other one. But the header did go every bit of ten yards wide. It was a really poor header. He was try. He was trying to play in Nanto. With how bad a header it was, he might have been. But after that ten minutes, Leicester basically started to get on top from there, and that was the case until about the 80th minute. Um. But the first goal, the, their goal was annoying because they were playing really well and like playing some good football that really got us in trouble. It's annoying that the way we actually conceded was just a corner swung in, no one's marking Pats and Dacker, who flicks it on to Woot Fast, who no one is marking. And he taps it in. Uh, like Having looked at it, I'm not sure who should have been tighter to Dacker. Having seen it back, it's weird because it if you're being incredibly harsh it looks like maybe i think it was gray on the back post could have got out quicker if you're being ultra harsh 
But weirdly, it's Nonto that's marking fast. And as Daka flicks it on, Nonto sets off running in the other direction, thinking we're going to get a counter. And which I love the I love the optimism. Which you know is is bad defending, but I can sort of understand that that's the way he might think. He's thinking this is flicked on and it's looping. Melier grabs this and I'm in. And it's just it's just it's just a very poor goal to concede. Yeah, it was. Um, I, th- I think ultimately you'd you'd look at that game, and if we'd have lost that one nil, it was one of those that would have been entirely fair. But you'd be really annoyed that that's how how you'd lost the game. Yeah, we'll come on to some of the other ones later that would have been more reasonable. Um, yeah, it was just it was just sloppy, and, and which is sort of even more frustrating given defensively the run of form we've been in. Yeah, well, that's one of the reasons why I was less annoyed than I normally would be about conceding that sort of goal. We have looked really solid defensively for weeks now. And us going to... When we were doing it week in, week out, going to sleep and conceding soft goals, you get really pissed off it. If you do it once, you sort of go, well, it does happen every now and then. You can't get that annoyed about it. Um, but that puts us 1-0 down. And for the rest of the first half, I wouldn't say either side was at the best, really. But Leicester did look better than we did. Um, yeah, I, th- I think we, we kind of... I think once you get past the, the couple of Peru chances and, and Leicester scoring, um, is when you started to notice there was a lot fewer runs in behind. And it kind of felt like we'd run out of ideas a bit. Yeah, which was frustrating because we we'd had a little bit of success with it, uh, with that sort of ball over the right. Yeah, once Leicester went one nil up, they dropped their line by, I don't know exactly how much it felt like. It felt like they dropped it massively. It was probably ten yards, but it just made all that difference. And the number of times we had like a line of four or sometimes a line of five just up against their defenders, but no one dropping off and no one in behind, just like standing facing. It yeah, it's it's frustrating because I know it's I know it's receiving the ball from deep or or with your back to goal, but you were just like a, like one of you has to drop like so you can't all stand there. Yeah, there's there's a lot of you, um, and I think yeah. which is sort of why you got to a point in the second half when Somerville was coming into our half to try and get on the ball at times. Yeah, because Somerville was. I mean, at half-time, if you'd have took him off, you wouldn't have known he'd played. Except for he got in behind at one point and took a heavy touch. And if he'd have taken a decent touch, it would have been a great chance. Outside of that one, and that's why he's a good player, because even when he isn't in the game, he can suddenly burst into life. Same for a lot of them. Um, he was pretty anonymous. Weirdly, in that first half, they had a few good efforts, like well-struck ones wide from sort of 20 yards. We did probably have the best chance of the half outside of Fassa's goal, which was a massive one, when uh, Rutter played Nonto in behind and he's got all the time in the world to shoot and he doesn't, which is annoying, but he chooses to go inside on his left foot, which in and of itself was fine. The problem was he also took a really bad touch when he did it and knocked it way too far in front of him. And in the end, I think he hit it at Somerville rather than the defender, but we were just wasteful. We weren't really up to much in the first half, but I think in the ground we were feeling like we really weren't playing very well, but I think a 
we weren't, but I think a lot more credit need, needed to go to Leicester than we were capable of giving in the ground at the time. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think I think it was not helped out by sort of the repetitive the repetitive way we lost possession. Yeah, uh, because I think loads of times and, and I can't remember the numbers that I know they mentioned it on on the match ball between Roden giving away possession and Ruta trying to get, take on too many people um those seem those seem to be the way we just gave away possession over and over again yeah um and, and I, I don't understand exactly but it was something like Roden in his previous games had given it away over 90 minutes six and eight times and he did like 11 in the first half Rutter, yeah what everyone was talking about the ridiculous amount of times we gave the ball away against Plymouth and it was like 25 and he had 21 in the first half against Leicester it was uh I, I, I sort of understand why it happens with Ruta and, and it's one of the things you kind of have to go well it says a lot about how positive he is that yeah. he didn't shy away at any point. He was still trying to get on the ball. He still tried to make things happen. But there yeah. was also that part of you like, right, I get you've turned him. Now pass it. I must admit, I did notice they were just sending one of the centre-backs out with him to just be really tight with him. And it basically was, if Woot Fast went with him, Rutter didn't get anywhere. If Vestergaard went with him, Rutter was all right. Because mm. Cass is better than Vestergaard. And, but I, it's weird, like, even me, and I almost never lose my rag with Rutter because he's my favourite. I love him. I love that boy. <laughs> he's brilliant. But even I was like, Georgie, there's three, sometimes four around you. Someone must be free. <laughs> like, someone just must be. That's somewhere in a far flung place is a is a central central midfielder just desperate to get on the ball. Yeah. Um but he kept going and I mean it really worked out in the second half. And in the second half <laughs> as much as I'd love to I'd I'd love to just steer into the fully deserved win, lads. Well done. Yeah, we had some luck in the second half. Um We'll, I'll, I'll, I've got it roughly chronologically because I've remembered it and because we're about 10 minutes late going in, I've managed to check the order of things a little bit. Um, so I'd say the first main one is uh, Steffi Mavadidi cuts in on his right and Ilan Melier makes a really good save. That isn't lucky. That's good goalkeeping. I'm pretty sure all the rest of this is just lucky. <laughs> <laughs> um. Corner in, Vestergaard, excellent header which hits the bar. By the way, marking Vestergaard was Nonto and sort of Pirot. Our setup was weird here <laughs> again, but he gets a free header. It's a very good header, hits the bar. Daka, miles onside at the point of the header. And then it comes out. And having watched it back, I think the linesman and the ref thought that Chowdhury got there with his head and just got ahead on it. And if he had, then Dakar is three, four yards offside. But it's definitely Rutter chesting it. I'm I'm inclined to agree with the officials. Yeah. Um, to be honest, this is one of them. We came out on the better end of it. But the refereeing was consistently awful for both teams right the way through. We just ended up on the lucky end of it this time because this was the key decision. And it 
you know, it got there was a lot of like uh, Ricardo Pereira got booked early on for a perfectly good tackle. Joe Roden got booked for a perfectly good tackle. <laughs> there, was, there was a few. The, the, the referee seemed to fall to bits in the second half with some of his, some of his decision making and what was sort of deemed card worthy and yeah, what wasn't. There was no sort of rhyme or reason as to as to what was, but um, yeah, the yeah, I will I will take the offside. And it's one of those. It's it's very much the trade off to uh, no thank you VAR that you get one look at it decisions made and and yes it, it is absolutely the wrong decision against Leicester but I would still and I would and I'm going to say I would I would go with it the other way ahead of VAR like if it yeah, happened to Leeds I can at least look at it and go five people haven't looked at this discussed it in depth and somehow got it wrong yeah no, in fairness to the Leicester fans, they were fuming about the decision. They've called the officials every name under the sun, and I'm all out of that. I haven't seen any of them going, this is why the Championship needs VAR. I don't, because to they, be fair, I don't think they need to worry about it for too much longer. No, that's true. I think it, I think they'll still be fine. But yeah, uh, Dakar scores the rebound. It's given offside. It just Like, in the ground, I, we, I looked straight to the official and saw the flag go up and went, ah, hey, it's offside. It was only later on. Well, it wasn't even later on in the pub. It was we got back to the car, and it was I like, the first thing they were talking about when the I, radio I came on. Twitter on, and it was people laughing at how bad the decision was. And the first lines that we heard on the radio about it were about how bad the decision was. So we're like, oh right, it definitely was. And then when we saw it back, obviously it was there. Um, but that one you can't control if you're Leicester. This one I say it all the time on here: control the controllables. This one, them just letting us off the hook. Uh, first one, um, Kane and Jusbury Hall, who was very good all the way through the game. He's a really good player, isn't he? Yeah, he's also a lot faster than I realised he was. He's just a really good player. He, he I mean, Leicester are going to go up, so it's not going to matter, but he would go up if they didn't. Like, he's a cracking player. Uh, plays a really good ball, sort of in between Roden and Gray. Mavadidi burns Gray for pace. There's no what you can do about someone being a lot quicker than you. Gets put in behind. Uh, Gray manages to sort of have a little grab at him and put him off a bit. And Melier gets off his line well, but Mavadidi just puts it wide and it's a terrible finish, really. And then not that long after that, a very rare bad giveaway by Gruev in midfield gives it straight to Ricardo Pereira, who just flicks it past Roden as well and goes around the other side. Roden's dying to just take him out, but he can't because he's on that yellow from before that he shouldn't have had. Uh, breaks away, puts it on the plate for Pats and Dacker, who has... Is that the worst finish you've seen all season? It might be. It was a lovely pass. It was a well-directed pass. Straight uh, into that little, that little dip where the photographer is. Yeah, um... They they had they they had that one in the first half as well where they they went to play the through ball and it was just oh, a no pass to Melier because no <laughs> one was there and there was that moment of just looking like, like why have I done that um, and honestly that angle from behind it just looks like that Dakar just passes it out of play for yeah. for no particular reason it's for um, no reason. Um, yeah, like bless him. I, I, that that lad could have played all night, and I don't think he was getting a goal. That said, what I didn't think was 
the wisest choice was taking off your two most threatening players. Yeah, um, this is something that the like because weirdly, I know that this is really weird to say. Leicester fans, a lot of them aren't that keen on Malesko, it seems like, at least based on social media. Like in the ground, I'm sure it's fine and stuff. But like, I mean, it was on 78 minutes they made their two changes. We scored in the 80th, and they took off Pats and Dacker for Tom Cannon, isn't it? Yeah, and uh. Steffi Mavadidi for um guy who was good for Leeds on football manager for me, Casey McAteer. They were their two, two of their three best players. Probably fourth was Ricardo Pereira. Uh Fatawu was a little bit quiet, actually. Um, but yeah, taking them two off really didn't help. But I would rather say, and I think I don't think it's fair, Farkas changes really did. Like ba- uh, 64 minutes, Bamford for Perot, that really did help just the shape of the team like it always does. We looked better. We looked to be able to keep the ball a bit better. James Fernando really helped because, as he always does, Dan James ran his ass off, which always makes a difference. And he was, Nonto wasn't having his best day anyway, so there was no drop-off on the ball either. And I think the key one probably was, not just because he scored, but Roberts for Furpo with Gray going to left back, which I didn't see coming, but Gray was getting done by Mavadidi repeatedly. And I know that obviously all the momentum changed, but suddenly that did stop once we did these changes. Uh, yeah. Furpo apparently was like kicking water bottles and stuff, pissed off when he got subbed off. But so long as after the game he spoke to Varko and went, sorry, man, that's fine. I don't mind players being annoyed when we get taken off, so long as they don't do all too ridiculous. I mean, to a point, there's there is plenty of players I think you could have looked at in that team and thought you could bring them off. It's one of the few yeah. times where, after, where in terms of just their performance, you could have looked at... Like, I, I know... Somerville and Ruter, and, and, and maybe to a lesser extent, Nonto as well, are, are three players who can all do so, like pull something out of absolutely nowhere. But you couldn't say to me at at the point at either break for those substitutions that any of those three players had to stay on the pitch. Um, no, I mean at half time, I was advocating for doing James for Somerville. That's what I was talking to my dad about when he went for a smoke. Like mm. J- James and Somerville moved on to the left. You know, and, and I think... What I, I know. <laughs> I'd, I think I'd got really frustrated, as, as I alluded to at the start, of uh, Glenn Kamara's lack of... Just just look at... Just once, look over your shoulder, please. Because uh, his... Like, for me at that point, his passing map would have just been a straight line between him and Ilya Gruev. <laughs> I've just got to it give did. it back to him. It does I, sound like, from what I've seen from afterwards, his performance was a lot better on TV than it was in the ground. Mm. I think it might have been one of them where, when you're looking at it top down in the ground, you're seeing these passes that actually, from eye level, there was no chance of him seeing. I, I, I don't. You know, think was, I don't think it was so much the passes because I because again at that point you you still had four or five players just camped along the Leicester back line. Mm. I think it was the lack of even checking. I you know yeah. I, I'm aware I, I'm fully aware of the purpose of the wall pass to to try and pull someone out of position. Yeah, 
I mean, I mean, I think it was just after I'd had my little shout at him that he he faked to turn and then went back to Grove anyway. And, and on, honestly, it's as if he'd heard me. Yeah. <laughs> I, honestly, I felt like he was mugging me off. Yeah. Um, but and again, it's it, it was a symptom of of how the game was going for us. There were there were very few passing options. Uh, Roden's confidence in his passing had gone. Um, I mean, of of sort of the back six, it, it essentially sort of fell to Ampadu to every now and again get the ball and get right. I'm just going to run to halfway, and then we'll yeah. see who's available. Something that he did very well, and Roden did better the longer the game went on. That, but Ampadu especially, and a thing that he wasn't able to do it as much in this game. But when he does that to just shot the halfway line and then hits that left-footed left one over the top. I think there's really something in that when anyone isn't deep, mm. if anyone's not defending deep, because he's really good at it. Weirdly, that ball over the top, he's probably as good at it on his left side, which is strange. Yeah, but no, I'm yeah. going to be really... He, even when it wasn't working, I admired that he kept trying to be the guy to drive us on. Which, you know, he, he's... I don't really buy into how important the captain is, but it's the sort of thing you want. Oh, absolutely. It was, um, it, it was, it, it was something to get behind. And even if it is just a 15, 20 yard run to the halfway line, um, because at that point, anyone that was receiving it further up the field was, was still back to goal. We weren't getting much luck out of it. Um, yeah. So it was kind of the, the, the positive up to that point. Um, there, there, there is a lot. I mean, looks back now and just looking at their bench. God, you just wonder what would have happened in that game if they'd have had Avadi or Ian Acho on the bench. Yeah, Avadi especially because he's he likes. If you, if you give Jamie Vardy fifteen minutes of just go chase them down, will you? Well, he he doesn't do what Daka did with that chance. Mm, no, he's got. Um, yeah, he might not be able to do it for 90 minutes anymore, but if he does it for half an hour, it would have been it really could have made a big difference. Yeah. But then we get to the fun bit, the last 15 minutes, where I I don't know how it was. And maybe in like the South Stand where there is a bit of eternal optimism and just saying fuck it and a bit more beer and other stuff. Uh <laughs> maybe they saw it, maybe they felt like it was coming. But we had just been talking about how we do not look even like remotely like scoring. And then Rutter picks the ball up, having lost it a million times, beats Vestergaard, dribbles into the box. He takes three defenders with him, which was the one good thing about even when he wasn't playing well. He was dragging their players all over the shop. Takes three with him. He can't get a clean cross away, but it deflects around a couple of times, falls to Connor Roberts, who finishes really well. You know, just no panic. Just right, get it down, far corner. It's not right in the corner, but it doesn't need to be. It was a good finish. Yeah, hard and low. It was a good, clean strike. That's, and yeah. turns out that's all it needed to be. Yeah, and he doesn't go mental. No, sort of just give you the look of, yeah, and? Yeah, and. <laughs> Arms in the air, start jogging back. A bit of a fist pump and a jumping down, but while jogging back. Because that is one thing that you get when you've won eight games in a row. 
you get back to one all, even if you've been second best for ten minutes left, you fancy yourselves. And... Yeah, and, and and all of a sudden now you've you've got this Leicester team who have been reeled by a team that haven't laid a glove on them for the most part, especially in the second half. They've taken their two best attacking players off. They've missed um, so many chances. Yeah, and yeah, it's. And I couldn't blame them for sat there, even at the equaliser, just thinking like, "How has this happened?" Yeah, I mean, we've we we've watched Leeds do this a million times, miss a load of chances, and then suddenly you get punished for it, and your ass starts nipping, and that's as much as you know. Ellen Lord got up, and it, the, the last fifteen minutes, the atmosphere was fucking electric. It was amazing. Leeds really piled on the pressure. Everyone was that. All of that stuff was true. But I do think a major factor in this is I think Leicester panicked. Uh, absolutely, <laughs> they did. They and 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 it was the, it was straight from kickoff. We were straight back into them. Then with a whole new lease of life. Yeah. Um, it was as if suddenly it was that first ten minutes again. They had all their energy back, all at once. Yeah. Um, it, and it was fantastic. Like you say, the entire stadium was rocking with let's go fucking mental. Yeah. Um, you know, this this goal out of nowhere that's just lifted everyone. Um and, and and I don't want to I don't want to go so far as I could you know, I couldn't say I sat there and thought, well, there's only Leeds gonna win this now. But yeah. you just went, I, I tell you, we're gonna have a chance here now. We, we you know, we, you because <laughs> Because you could see straight, it was that thing straight from kickoff. Once you'd had that, you just saw four players charging straight back in to, to go win the ball quickly. And you, you could see, it was like, right, we, we can do this now. And it does come from that chasing in, making sure you win things quickly. Move broke down and Fatawu has plenty of space to run into. But Rutter just wants it more than him, sprints back and just takes it off him. It, that I did see some Leicester fans saying that, that was a foul. It wasn't. It was a good tackle, and he just wanted it a lot more than Fatawu did, it seemed like. Uh, gets in, dribbles in. Him and Roberts sort of sort of play a 1-2. It's far too clunky to really call it a 1-2. It's deflected around and stuff. But when Rutter does get it back, he gets his foot on the ball, turns away, picks the right pass for Gray, shifts it onto his left foot, strikes it well. Yeah, there's an enormous deflection. In fact, there's two. There's one little one and then one big one, and it beats Hermanson at his near post. And Q Bedlam. I, I of will all say as well, the moment to get your first goal. And by the way, I haven't seen an official news item, but it's Archie Gray's goal by the looks of it, because he, that's what ev all the stats providers, BBC, everything, they all have it as Archie Gray's goal. Everything, yeah, I was going to say everything I've looked at so far has it listed as Archie Gray's goal. And, and to be honest, I don't think there's ever there's going to be any telling that lad that that's not his first goal for Leeds. Well, I was saying that in the pub afterwards when I was going, I don't care if they decide that that's an own goal. That's Archie Gray's first goal. Um, ma absolutely massive. Massive goal for us. Huge moment for him. Um, Getting get the goal, not just out of position because he's playing fullback. Now he's playing on the wrong side as well. Yeah. Um, I just... I'm amazed he came away from those celebrations with his shirt still fully intact. I, I honestly thought he was going to come away like just dishevelled, 
shirt half ripped off his back and hair all over the shop. He he said like I think he celebrated that goal like you should celebrate that goal. Like just wheels away to the corner. Everyone pile everyone's off the subs bench. Yeah. Piling into the corner. Um there is an Leeds themselves tweeted it out. Everyone was retweeted, but we retweeted, but everyone did. You'll have seen it. There is an astonishingly good photo of Archie Gray after that goal. That um he I, I assume he's already up in several grey houses on yeah. the wall. <laughs> like, it's an unbelievable photo. But it was just a massive moment. And look, I don't know whether we're gonna go up or not. But that felt like one of them moments. It sort of feels like a waste if we don't now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the I, th- I think the because obviously by that point the the party has already started and they're still before stoppage time. There's still six minutes to go. Yeah. Um, and you were very happy with the chance of Leeds have fallen apart again. Oh, I. Right, my personal plea. I am. They are going to ignore me on this, and they are well within their rights to ignore me on this. But that song is for when we are either far enough in front that it can't go wrong, or after full time. Not two, two one. one with four minutes of stoppage time left. No, now that's not the time. <laughs> nah, lads, not now. Yeah, and I say lads because it it is lads <laughs> that are doing that. Uh, we were, we're far we... more circumspect and like thinking, oh, we better not. It's the lads. It's not even men. It's lads. <laughs> I mean, at um, that point, at that point as well. Once once we'd had the first goal, we were nigh on stood up for the rest of the game. Like even even the in the upper echelons. Yeah. We're in, we're in the stand-upper with my, you know, pe- pensioner father whose knees hurt, and everyone was up. <laughs> it was it was great. It's it's one of those atmospheres that honestly, I you'll remember it for such a long time. The, the, the feeling there. I haven't heard this bit of commentary because obviously we're there. Apparently on the radio, uh, Adam Pope was comparing it to Becky Ovino Hmm. I'm saying it but, was like but this, one had, but this one had a happy ending. Yeah, <laughs> that level of loud, which I, I mean, I didn't actually go to that Millwall game because I had to work that night. Uh, I watched it in the office and got told off when Leeds scored because I jumped up and said "fucking get in." <laughs> um, but yeah, the that was a huge moment, and from then. Did they actually? They, they didn't actually have a late chance, did they? It felt like they might because we were so nervous. No, but they didn't actually have like that late chance that you always expect. And again, you talked about how Leeds just had all this energy. They're trying to play like this is ninety fourth minute. Dan James presses, wins it, comes to Rutter. Rutter beats fast and Vestergaard, and Vestergaard just cleans him out on the edge of the box. Having watched it back. You could argue that that was a red card because uh, I think it's Chowdhury coming across. He isn't getting there. 
So it would have actually been one-on-one with the keeper. But seeing as we had the offside earlier, don't worry about it. Also, I'm fairly sure that Vestergaard's banned for two games for 10 yellows now anyway. So, yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. Um, And then, as far as we were concerned in the ground, Dan James smashes it straight down the middle and it somehow gets through the wall and through the keeper and goes in. Great goal, Dan James. Well done. And then we get to the pub and find out Patrick Bamford scored. Because <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we were looking and then I think I'd just seen a picture of it. I was like, I, there's a man on the floor. Like, how has he scored this? Yeah, because we thought it had gone either through or under the wall, didn't we, in real time? Yeah. Uh, no, pa- Patrick Bamford with a well-directed thigh. Yeah. And having watched it back, like, he fully... Like, he doesn't know exactly where it's going to go off him. It's not... Pristine, but he means to flick it. He's not trying to get out of the way of it. No, he's trying Um, to get a flick on it. And it's and (laughs) now that he's told about it, when you watch it back, when everyone sprints off with Dan James and Bamford's running off the other way of his hand, you do actually see Dan James turn and look at him and go, You can see his eyes like that's not my goal. (laughs) (laughs) Dan James realizes, yeah. (laughs) Oh dear. I hope share the goal bonus between them. Does by the way mean that we carry on? We can't score a free kick. That is still true. (laughs) (laughs) It's going to be hilarious when we finish third. I'm going to look on this night now. Uh, Whoever is left, there are the four best teams in this league, and everyone knows it. Whoever of the two that don't get in the top two, they're not winning the playoffs. No. There's no chance. Shall we just say congratulations to Hull City on their yeah, play? Yeah, he's got Hull written all over it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Um, yeah, madness. Just chaos. Everyone lost their head while everyone around them was also losing their head for a solid <laughs> you 80 minutes. You lose your head while all around you are losing theirs. <laughs> <laughs> And just look now, we didn't have a shot on target until the 64th minute. Yeah, and it was Patrick Bamford. Yeah. Come off the bench. Um, yeah, because if I remember right, it was straight, it, you know, it was straight down the middle, but you were just like, finally someone's tested, someone's done something. Well, we had had a little bit of, if you obviously none to have one in the first half, there was a couple in the second half where Little played in Somerville and he didn't get the shot away. Uh, like Rutter had, and those Rutter did get the shot away from the edge of the box, and it wasn't an easy chance, but it, maybe he could have hit it a bit earlier. And th- we had a, a bit of that. It was a little bit. I wanted to say it was ponderous at times, but I do think part of it was we looked slower because we're used to Leeds players having time to take two touches and then a man presses them. And with Leicester, you only got one, and, <laughs> which I think made us feel like we were being slower, but I think it might well have been Leicester being quicker. Yeah, you, you, you've got to give them credit for, for what they did for the bulk of that game. Mm. Um, give them all the credit for what they did in the last 15 minutes. Yeah. They're fantastic. Um, yeah, I, I, I suppose, like, ultimately, it's kind of it very much encapsulated the ups and downs of, of football, of just how bleak it felt at... 70 minutes when you were just couldn't your team couldn't seem to find anyone in the opposition's half you weren't getting shots in the ball was being given away 
fairly regularly. They were creating big chances. Yeah. Uh, and and honestly, like I think by the time we scored the second, I think I was just stood looking, like just looking at your dad, and we were both just shaking our heads at like how how have we got here? Yeah. Like how did this happen? Because you you couldn't like when we equalised, it's not like you could say we deserved it. No. But it's great. What the one thing that I don't say that I think it's true. This individual match, yeah, Leicester can feel really hard done by. They absolutely can. But I would say it is the first one we've had this season. Mm. We have had loads of games we deserve to win and we haven't. This is the first one we've won where we didn't deserve to win. And I'm pretty sure I'm right about that. I can't remember one. There's been no, a couple that... where we've not been ridiculously the better side and we've won. But this is the first one where we were second best and we've won the game. No, I think a lot of our drop points have been... If you take away the the, the couple from the very start of the season... Well, even have... then, like, Cardiff on the opening day, yeah, we weren't very good, but we drew two all we last minute equaliser, but we were the better side. Yeah, I, I, I was just more thinking in terms of those games that we lose where we played similar to similarly to how we played against Leicester. And I'm I'm thinking Stoke, you know, Stoke away is probably your prime example of never really got going. Yeah. And and yes, yes, there's the penalty miss in there. But it, it was it was a slow afternoon. Uh or a slow mm-hmm. evening, sorry, where it was just giving the ball away, never finding your rhythm. And and like you say, we there's there's not many of those where we've still come away with the result. Whereas typically a lot of the games we've won, I've come away and thought second half we've really taken our foot off off the gas here, and uh, but and we've kind of coasted through. But but to get in the lead in the first place, we've we've thoroughly dominated most teams yeah. and then eased off. And I don't like it, but you you understand it given what the championship is. Um, but yeah, I think you're right in terms of the, the you know. There's not been too many where we've we've not been fully at it, and we've still got and we've still won it. Yeah. So I think I think we were due one basically, and we we got one, and we need to take advantage of it because that's nine league wins in a row. We're still unbeaten at home. It's not bad. Yeah. Um. Obviously, we've talked about the Leicester game. That's what we were always going to do. Leeds play Chelsea in the FA Cup tomorrow. And everyone is injured. Well, I don't know if they are that injured or not, or whether, I... or whether <laughs> Fark is just like preparing us going look. Because what is it? He like you said, Bamford struggling. Did you say James was struggling? He definitely said Rutter's struggling. Uh, he said Somerville was struggling as well, didn't he? And look, obviously, you, I'd love us to win. I mean, you know, we are two games from Wembley, although semi-finals at Wembley are stupid. Even if we get there, I'll go and I'll... Re- if we were to get there, I'll go, I'll really enjoy it, but I'll still think semi-finals shouldn't be at Wembley. Villa Park, um, Hillsborough. For some reason. Yeah, it is weird that it wasn't always the biggest ones. <laughs> yeah, so we don't just pick the biggest stadium that comes in between these two? Nah, yeah, don't just- worry about it. Yeah, I was just uh, checking the tweet. Yeah, Bamford minor calf ankle injuries, Somerville rolled an ankle. Uh, Dan James is con- in contention despite a quote little bruise. Hip flex a problem for Rutter. Uh, Byron back in training and should be in the squad. 
if anyone like I, I want us to win, obviously I do. We can they'll probably rotate as well because they've just gone 120 minutes and basically bottled the cup final. Um but if anyone is even a question mark, if someone's if someone's 90% good to go, don't play. We it's not worth it. We have Huddersfield at half twelve on Saturday. And that yeah, is a bigger game. It doesn't and it wouldn't matter who we were playing, it could be the most nothing they're not even in the league anymore, but it could be Wigan. That's the game. You you have to fo- we have to be focused on the league at this point. So if they've all got knocks, none of them should start. Honestly, I think you get Andy Gray in and you play the kids. Yeah. Except Archie. I, Don't play him. <laughs> I can't remember whose tweet it was, but it was like my team for the Chelsea game and it had Gary Kelly at right back. <laughs> um so what sort of side do you reckon we'll be putting out? Um I'm gonna say at best it's it's gonna be mixed, isn't it? I th- I think obviously we can't rest all the sentiments. No. Because they're well, all in the starting lineup. All four of them play. <laughs> um but I think yeah, I think I think you'll see Connor is Connor Roberts cup tied. I'm sure we've had no, this conversation. No, Connor Roberts isn't cup tied. He couldn't play against Plymouth because he wasn't here for the first game. Yeah, but um, he is available, so I think he'll start because he hasn't played. A, he hasn't started one for us yet. It it sounds like there's a very good chance it's him and Byram then. Yeah, That's so I think backs. it'll be yeah Meliangol, Roberts at right back. If Byram is fit enough, it'll probably be Byram at left back. But if not, it'll have to be Furpo really because we ain't got any other left backs. I think it'll be Roden and Cooper at the back for this one. Um, yeah, quite possibly. I still, it depends how they're feeling. If he might want to keep it Roden and Ampadu just because it, they've been going so well, it depends on fitness. And he always plays Ampadu. He did play because Cooper. It, I'm, pr- I'm pretty sure it was uh, it was Cooper and Roden at the back for the Plymouth game. Uh, if I remember uh, rightly. I think you're right, but honestly, I only have paid attention to that game, to be honest. Um, so, yeah, I, it could well be Roden and Cooper. Midfield, it depends who's tired and who isn't, doesn't it, really? Like, Gray, rest, for sure. If if, if Ampadu isn't playing centre-back, he might put him in midfield. Because in theory, I mean, I know that we've just talked about how much running up and down he did from centre-back. In theory, he shouldn't have put as much into his legs playing centre-back as he would have done in centre-midfield. Hmm. So maybe it's like Kamara and Ampadu and drops out. Yeah, I've, ju- I've just checked from the Plymouth game. It was Cooper and, and Rowland at the back. And you also had... Uh, I'll just I'll, I'll give you the front, the front four was uh, Nonto, Piru, Anthony and Matteo Joseph. I could see that being very similar. Yeah. Because uh, like, can... if Bamford's struggling and Rutter's struggling, it's probably Piru at 10 behind Joseph, isn't it? And then Anthony will probably start. And then it sort of depends who's fit. Well, because Nonto, Nonto was... Nonto was one of the ones who came off early as well, wasn't he? Yeah, he came um, off earlier, and they said that James and Somerville have got knocks. So you would think Nonto then. Yeah. Um, 
and then kind of just looking through the rest of the squad that'll be available. There's not many others that I think would be stepping in. Like I'd be, I'd be amazed if Gellhart starts out of nowhere. No, I mean, I still wouldn't. I wouldn't mind if he was play if he played him off the right. I'd be perfectly good with that, but I don't think it'll happen. Um, in terms of Chelsea, there's no point really getting into them. They've got a million players. They're all good, and yet Chelsea endeavour to not be as good as the sum of their parts. Yeah, it's it's almost like your squad is too big. Yeah, like I I think it is an insult to football that you can spend as much money as they did on Carney Chukwemeka just to have him, yeah. seemingly. Because, I, I, I mean, I know he got injured, which didn't help him when he started breaking into the team properly. But I always really rated him. <laughs> 30 million quid. Yeah. But I dare say they'll leave Conor Gallagher in because he always plays and he's in pretty good form. They'll probably play Mudrick. Because he doesn't normally start and he's rapid and like there's no substitute for pace. I believe that and Kunku is injured. If is Broher fit? Because if he he'll probably play up front if he is. Um, I couldn't even tell you to be honest. Yeah, like I, I have not. I like Cole Palmer is a really good player, but he just played 120 minutes, so you'd think he probably won't play in this one. Yeah, I'm just I'm just looking through it. Thought their uh, their Wikipedia page is. Uh... It's actually handily designed for um, for showing kind of who's played in the cup and, and that. So um, there's always a strong team, however you look at it. Like, yeah, Sterling, yeah. Silva, Enzo Fernandez, Madueke, Cole Palmer, Moises Caicedo all, all have three FA Cup appearances. It's going to yeah. be uh, Petrovic in goal. By the looks of things, I wonder. I wonder if it won't be because Petrovic has sort of usurped Robert Sanchez as number one, and Sanchez has just got back from injury. He was on the bench at the weekend, so I wonder if this might be the game that they give Robert Sanchez, which he is a good goalkeeper and he's you know plays the ball out really well and stuff. But he does have he does have a few ricks in him. Yeah, possibly. So, like, if I was picking, I'd rather he played because I think we're not going to get that many chances. And if we do, you wouldn't mind them having a keeper that's a little bit shaky. But like they, they should Chelsea. All things being equal, player for player, they should win this game. Yeah, and and to be honest, you would expect after what happened to them on Sunday that they are going to be out to prove a bit of a point. So it honestly, wouldn't shock me if they go out to try and absolutely smash us and win one nil because. Chelsea are a mediocre Premier League team. Yeah, well, wherever that's the other thing for them as well. Like they, this is their one of their better shots at getting in Europe because they're like like tenth. Yeah, it's hilarious. So, like, and having just not won the League Cup, they really need to make a fist of the FA Cup. And you can tell that anyway. We're coming into this knowing that there's no chance we win this. So Alex has got a one-all draw, and Connie's got a one-nil win. Uh, I was going to go one 0 win as well. Uh, I'll, you know what? I'll up it to two 0 uh, Chelsea are eleventh, by the way. Oh, <laughs> see, one louder. Um, absolute state of their mid table: one ten, drawn five, lost ten. Yeah, I, 
I mean, I know that I always go with pessimism. Like, that's my natural inclination. I had us losing at Plymouth in the last round. I had us drawing at Plymouth in the league. I had us losing to Leicester. So it's no shock that I am going for 3-1. But I'm not even doing a swerve and saying to Leeds. No, to Chelsea. I... If we didn't have this massive run of fixtures around it and we were putting out our full side and Chelsea were probably making a few changes off the back of the League Cup final, I, I would be thinking, mm, look, they should win, but we've got enough to get at them. And I still think it wouldn't shock me if for like 15 minutes we're really good. Yeah, right at the start of the game. We really go at them and end up with a couple of chances, maybe even score one. But I just think, it, it, at the end, I think a billion pounds will tell, basically. Hey, you heard it here first. Liam Cooper puts us 1-0 in front. God, that'd be nice, wouldn't it? It's going to be a Vincent Company-style thunder bastard. Yeah. On, on the subject of the uh, predictions, you and Connie both had a 1-0 win. I had my pessimistic loss, but Alex did have 3-1, which catapults him up to level with UKC in first place. I am trailing massively, and I don't think that I have the things that we've had when it's just been me and you in previous years, where my pre-season predictions kick your ass and drag me back up. <sighs> I, I think this year I'm struggling. <laughs> in in no relation to your position, I do think my pre-season predictions very much hamstring my performance. <laughs> <laughs> Well, so yeah, that will do us for episode 253. Um, obviously, tomorrow night away at Chelsea. Try and enjoy it as the sort of free hit it is, because it's probably going to be the least the least stressful game we have for the rest of the season. Yeah. In all likelihood. Because I can't see... We don't count Friday can't... night, yeah? <laughs> yeah. This <it's... laughs> <laughs> <It's> one. <laughs> um... But yeah, we then play 12.30 Saturday. I'm working late Thursday and Friday. So I don't know when we're going to do the podcast. Yippee. We'll, we'll, no. we'll just have to say. Uh, it might even be that we have to tweet something out because I think I'm working till 10pm both Thursday and Friday. Uh, just to wind them up, it is because Huddersfield are not worth talking about. Yes, yes it is. That's the exact reason. They're, not, they're so... Been thiefers that beats the exact kind of game we'll lose. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, that will do us. I've been Jack. See ya. I've been Casey. Have a good one. In a bit.